You're listening to Joe List's Mindful Metal Jacket on the Riotcast Network, riotcast.com. Hello there, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Joe List's Mindful Metal Jacket podcast. I am Joe List. This is my podcast. Thank you for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Are you tuning? You're tuned. You're tuned to the podcast or whatever you call. Thanks for downloading and listening. I, uh, I'm excited. I'm recording this introduction in my new extension of my apartment downstairs, so it might sound empty and tinny. Maybe not tinny. There's no tin, but it might sound empty because there's nothing in here except a chair and a yoga mat and myself, my body. My body is nobody's body but mine. You run your own body. Let me run mine. Hey, folks. Uh, today's guest is my friend and MMA trainer and comedian, hilarious comedian, Diego Lopez. He is a great guy. And this is a special episode because this is actually the first episode I ever recorded. I recorded it on November 5th, 2019 um, in my living room here at my apartment in Astoria, Queens. Diego and I uh, trained this day. He showed me some moves some punching and kicking and grappling, some jujitsu, no offense. And uh, then uh, I came home and showered up. He showered at the gym and came over here to the house and we recorded this episode. And I think it's a good one. I enjoyed it. Um, we talk a lot about fighting in a metaphorical sense often. In fact, I say it's a metaphor about 500 times. And I even allude to the fact that it might be annoying. I also just re-listened to a little bit and I say right too much. I'm going to work on that going forward. Almost everything he says, I say right, right. But uh, here's the thing. He is right. He's a very smart guy. Um, Diego is a great comedian, originally from Florida. I believe he started up here in New York. We talk a little bit about it. And um, Diego just opened for me at the Fat Black Pussycat. He killed. He's hilarious. And uh, he's also a pretty brilliant martial artist, uh, jiu-jitsu black belt, and a uh, cage fighter in his own right, an undefeated cage fighter. And uh, he's since retired now from that, just doing the training. And uh, now he is full-time pursuing comedy, and he is very good at it. Highly skilled comedian, highly skilled fighter, and a great trainer, and just a great guy in general, very good friend. And I hope you enjoy it. I think you're going to get a lot of wisdom. Hopefully, you're not too off-put by all the fight talk if you're not a fighter. But I think there's still a lot of um, lessons to be applied. And like I say about 300 times during the episode, a lot of uh, metaphors from fighting to life, I would say. And uh, anyways, it was a conversation I really enjoyed. Here is my friend, my pal, Stand-up comedian, Diego Lopez. Enjoy. Thank you for listening. Oh, wait. I almost forgot our clip for the week, our uh, quote. I'm going to do a nice Buddhist self-helpish quote. And this is from uh, Pima or Pema Chodron. Chod I don't know how to say her name. I read her books all the time. P-E-M-A space C-H-O with little things over it. D-R-O with things over it. N. So uh, she is great. I'm sure you've all heard of her or seen her. I'm flipping through to find a nice little paragraph. This one has a word I don't know, so I won't pick this one. I like to give you guys a little stuff. This one's called This Brief Lifetime. How are we going to spend this brief lifetime? 
Are we going to strengthen our well-perfected ability to struggle against uncertainty? Or are we going to train in letting go? Are we going to hold on stubbornly to, quote, I'm like this and you're like that, end quote? Or are we going to move beyond that narrow mind? Could we start to train as a warrior, aspiring to reconnect with the natural flexibility of our being and to help others do the same? If we start to move in this direction, limitless possibilities will begin to open up. Now, how about that, folks? I just randomly opened up to a page of this book, and it happened to say, could we start to train as a warrior? And warrior? Warrior. And it just happens to be the Diego Lopez episode, who was a man who was training me like a warrior. So that was, that was kismet, folks. All right. That's enough from me and Pima or Pema, or however you say her goddamn name. Here is me with the wonderful, hilarious, smart, introspective, brilliant Diego Lopez. Enjoy. Thank you for listening. This is a big moment right here. I'm excited. This is the initial <laughs> recording. And uh, it makes me nervous. I got the backup on my phone. I've lost so many. How many podcasts have you lost in your About, life? About uh, four episodes, I think yeah, it's it. The whole time? Yeah, four's not bad. We've lost a few. A few weren't We've quote-unquote lost some. Oh, because yeah, Because the guest yeah. was a little bit uh, not great. Yeah, we've done that, too, where you're just like, you're aware that we have an audience, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's weird when people come on to podcasts I don't want to put pressure on you, no, no, but no, people no. come on podcasts no, and you're like, well, this isn't going to be necessarily a comedy podcast, but, and you're like, why are you not telling yeah. story? Like, why yeah. aren't you being funny? Share. Yeah. Say something. <laughs> it's very bizarre, but. We asked you on because we like that you're funny and now you're not being funny. It's like weird. Yeah. It's weird. Also, like people will be like, yeah, yeah, I, I did it's a lot of drugs. It was crazy. <laughs> and you're like, all right, yeah, Elaborate. let's hear some of that. And they're like, nah. And you're just like, okay. Um, yeah, I I'm, hate when a podcast, when the host has to go, well, what else is going on? Yeah, yeah, that's it's always tough. a bad sign. It's tough. Well, that's why I'm anxious. I'm anxious now. I'm anxious all the time. Sure, and sure, that's sure. Uh, part of this podcast. I'm also going to check this about 5,000 times to make sure it's still recording. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm an anxious guy. I got horrific OCD, anxiety, panic, the whole thing. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to get under. I'm finding out recently the last few weeks that I mask it very well, evidently. Okay. Because people, Mayron, you know Mayron? Yeah. He was like, oh, don't stop it. You're mentally ill. Shut up. He's like, I'm. you can see it on me. Uh-huh. Like, I'm like, well, you look like a big mess. Like yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. He's yelling. He's, he's clearly losing his mind. His, yeah, yeah. His act is mental instability. It's manic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so I think I walk around, I'm pleasant, I'm like, hey, not that he's not pleasant, but people are like, yeah, like I was talking to my best friend in the world, my friend Derek, and he's like, well, even I think you're kidding because you're so funny and you're being silly. Oh. So I'm like, I'm losing my mind. I can't, I'll talk about reflux or my mm -hmm. teeth or whatever, but I'm being funny because it's like my nature to try your to be self funny. self-defense mechanism. Yeah. So he's like... Um, Oh, I didn't realize that you were actually losing your mind. I think right. you're being funny. So anyways, I forget why I brought that up, but I'm just assume I'm losing my mind at sure. all times. But in this moment, I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. I listened to Marin, mm -hmm. which I, I'm like eight years late on that show. Yeah. I just started listening to it recently. And he's like tremendous, like a tremendous conversationalist in interview. Mm -hmm. And I'm like... I've heard, I talked to him one time and he was like, yeah, people think they can just do it. It's not an easy thing to do. Right. Well, it's like, like anything when you're good at it, it seems so easy. So right. people can like 
perceive that they, like, they see themselves doing it like, oh, yeah, this doesn't seem like a struggle for this person. It's like, yeah, that's the whole point. Right. That's, right. that's what's, what's so impressive about them. Yeah, they figured it out. So that now I'm worried. I'm like, am I that guy that's like, I'll just have people come in and I'll get to the bottom of things. Oh. And I'm like, am I this asshole? It's like, what am I doing? Like Ron Bennington's another guy. Oh, geez, he yeah. interviewed. He's like the uh, brilliant. Mm-hmm. And he never has any notes. And one time Brian Regan was like, he was interviewing Regan. He's like, what do you do? Like, you have no note. Like, what do you do if you can't think of anything? And Bennington's like, I never considered that. And I'm like, that's probably how he doesn't run out. It's not even in his mind. Yeah, it has never been a concern. Like, I got all these notes and I'm like, because my fear with you particularly, because we have great conversations, will we? Diego, by the way, I'll I'll put an intro. Yeah, yeah, whatever you want. You're like my personal trainer in mixed martial arts and amongst many other things. But we'll have good conversations at the beginning and end. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, this would make a great podcast. Mm -hmm. And I'm so afraid to not capture it. Sure. So I've like written down things that you've said. And I'm like, can you say that again? (laughs) Like that was really... Because I feel like you're a... So you're a mixed martial artist. What what would you call yourself? I'm a mixed martial arts instructor and I fought for a little while. Right. Okay. And you're a jujitsu... Expert? I mean, I don't know how you I'm say a, it. Uh, I'm a brown belt in jiu-jitsu. I've been doing, doing jiu-jitsu for about a little over 10 years. So you know you know your shit. Yeah, I would say so. I think I, I think at this point it's fair for me to say I know I know my shit. And I, wouldn't, f- I wouldn't say master in any stretch of the imagination because jiu-jitsu is so difficult to, be, to, to, to achieve that idea. I'm not a black belt nor a fucking coral belt. So it's like it's, it's a, a big thing to say you're a master. I, I'm, I just I know it. I'm right. not like fucking, you know. You're very good. I'm good. Yeah, yeah. Let's, say, <laughs> let's say you're very good. And you've fought. You've been mm-hmm. in the ring. In the cage. In the cage. <laughs> and you've fought people. Mm-hmm. I mean, that to me is mind-blowing. And that's one of the things. So I've always been fascinated with uh, martial arts since I was a kid. I never got involved in it because I was a big pussy. Mm-hmm. But I've always thought the the idea of, and we've talked about this before, the idea of having this secret hidden skill yeah. of the ability to defend yourself and really to hurt someone if you if you had to, you, yeah. and to, to be in control of that kind of thing is such a, a fascination with me. And I think like the... Uh, Entire country feels fascinated with it because, like, every three movies is about a person who's kind of indestructible. They're like, he's the yeah, ultimate yeah, yeah. fighting guy. Yeah. Um, Which is funny because you kind of have the same thing, but it's different. Funny is an invisible skill set. No, you could be like, I, right. I love when I walk into a situation where only one person knows me and it's like a bunch of strangers and, like, oh, they don't know that I'm funny yet. Right, right. And you get to, like, pick the moment. Where you like show it off, right? I've thought that with comedy. With uh, Diego's also a comedian, by the way. I oh yeah, I'm a comedian that. as well. <laughs> um, I'll put this all in an intro. Yeah, whatever, man. Uh, but good. there's um, there's also I feel that way sometimes because I'm a I'm a pretty quiet guy and ultimately a shy person. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times I'll go to do these shows, especially in the old days when I do all these VFWs and Knights of Columbus. Right. And you kind of have to like chat with people. They'd be like, oh, hey, you're the comedian. You're like, oh, hi, hello, yes. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting quietly in the corner like a, you know, rain man. Mm-hmm. And then you have that moment where you come out, and not that I'm Chris Rock pacing, sure. but like you're ripping. Mm-hmm. And I've had a lot of people be like, boy, you don't even see, you're so quiet over there. We didn't even, th-. so it is similar, that thing of like, Absolutely. I could, I can, I'm going to fuck you guys all up. Yeah. In a few minutes. But right it's, now I'm just kind of sitting here. And I think that's a beautiful uh, display of the skill is being able to ch- choose when you open that jar. Right. You know, like it, it, I think a lot of times people are expecting us to be like clowns where it's like we're once we're like the, the makeup is on, we're just on. You right. Know? It's like, no, no, we get to choose 
when we do it. And since we have an outlet that is so kind of specifically dictated towards that skill set, we can kind of siphon all our, and all our energy into that moment where it's like, uh, like Eric Andre talks about how like he's like super calm and passive and like meditates and jogs. But when he decides to, when he's shooting, he's a full on maniac. On right. The but it's like, yeah, I get to concentrate all that, inf- uh, all that effort there. Yeah. I can't be like that 24 seven. That's insane. That's really interesting. Yeah. I, I mean, I feel that way a lot. I'll talk about this with uh, Sam Morrill and, and Mark Norman, who are both, they're like compulsively oh, writing. Yes. They're compulsively <laughs> writing jokes yeah. all the time. I turn it off for like days and sometimes weeks. Mm-hmm. I'm really good at um, coming up with material when I turn it on. Once I turn it on, I can kind of get some material mm-hmm. and I have a high writing percentage of jokes that I write that work. Oh, wow. Where Sam has like, he's at like 8%, mm-hmm. but he writes 5,000 jokes and then he gets 10 amazing jokes. Mm-hmm. So like, I'm like, He's like, what's your new? What do you got working? I'm like, I haven't even tried to think of anything yeah. in a week because I'm mostly because I'm fucking obsessing over a tooth or my sure. liver or my yeah, asshole yeah. or whatever <laughs> it is. Um, I mean, that's my own mental problems. But it's it's it, like you said, it's sort of a switch on and off yeah. kind of thing. Uh, but a lot of times with comedy, I don't know if you have this, where like I won't be doing sets, I'll be on vacation and I'm making a million jokes to my wife or my friends. So there's still the outlet of getting that yeah. muscle out. You're still working that joke muscle, even if you're not on stage on stage. Yeah. yeah. Or I'm like, I'm making 500 more jokes off stage than I would be if I was doing sets. Right. You got to get it out somehow. Yeah. And I, I mean, one of my favorite things about a comedian is the ability to choose, like the ability to not be on, I think is so enjoyable in a hang, like I really have a hard time hanging out with comedians who can't relax. Like they have to be telling jokes at all times. Like I, I already like you. I don't know what I understand that it's it's a a childhood self esteem thing. Where like you figured out that this is your way to get sla- attention slash um, like acceptance. Right. But it, it it can be exhausting on the people around you. But then when you when those people are like, hey, we're into what you're doing, and like go ahead and let loose and have fun. It's like that's always fun too. But I, I always have a. a a hard time when people are like, I need to be on 24 seven. And it's like, we're just hanging out, man. So you don't like Mark. I've never uh, hung out with Mark. <laughs> um, no, I'm kidding. I'm teasing, of course, <laughs> but he's very, but he's so funny, but yeah, no, there's definitely comics like that. And sometimes you'll meet a young comic like that. We like, we bumped into a young comic in the street last night and he had had beers and was like, just a mile a minute and like making jokes. And I felt sad because I was like, I've been that guy uh-huh. when I was a drunk. I'm yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah. God. <laughs> like talking to Greg Giraldo being like, oh, man, I'm a comic. God, and I'm like, yeah, and you're yeah. like, oh, I want to kill myself. But I could feel that pain from like watching somebody do that. Well, that's probably a combination of A, that personality and B, they look up to you. Right. And it's like they, they want to like you have to understand that. 95% of the comics walk around New York City want to be in yours and Mark Norman's shoes. Oh, like, that makes me feel good. It's like you 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 it's it's you guys are the the lighthouse of the ocean that is comedy in New York oh, City. That's, that's really it's sweet. it's the, everyone wants to be at the cellar and be one of those guys. It's like so when they get an opportunity to be like, "Oh, can I be funny in front of these people that I admire?" Right. I'm going to take it, what? especially if I had a couple of drinks. Right. When you secretly have that thing of like, "I'm going to get off a couple lines and this guy's going to be like, "Who is this?" Yeah. Get over here, you! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come with us to the cellar. And I guess because I, I know the the feeling of of because of other things I've done in my life, not because of comedy, I have not accomplished anything in comedy. The feeling of 
uh, people wanting to impress you and what is actually impress what what actually impresses you in someone else is like I know to be like if I'm around someone who I for whatever reason want to impress or want them to think that I'm uh, capable of being funny it's about like really biding my time and waiting for the the one line to be like sharp enough where it's like right. oh interesting like the 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 the, the the truly funny people can just like sift through the bullshit that everyone's talking a lot, right? And get that one line, like, "Oh, that was a good line." Yeah, I've I've held, I feel that way, and I've always had that thing of in general in life with like with that situation or with women or all these things of like, I'm not gonna compete for a yeah. thing. I'm gonna just be me over here, and that's so attractive. Yeah, and I'm like, all right, I'll just figure it out when it's my turn. But I had a big moment like that. Nick DePaul used to have a cookout. And uh, it was like all those, I knew Nick because I had been opening for him. Mm -hmm. And so we were kind of close. We were close. And it was like me and DePaulo and Patrice and Voss and that whole crew. And I was wow, like the yeah. youngest guy there. And I was just sitting there listening to everybody. And then at some point, someone was like, what's with your opener? Why are you so quiet? And Nick was like, are you all right? And I was like, yeah, I'm just listening, mm -hmm. which is like a line from um, Ray Liotta says that in the big, in the scene with uh, Pesci's mother in Goodfellas when they were all the guys oh, in the yeah, truck so and he's like, no, Wait, so I'm just listening and I did it and I just delivered it lightly and it fucking like murdered. Of course. Yeah. And I remember being like, cause all those guys are obsessed with Goodfellas myself included, but I mean, I guess we, every man is that I've ever met, but so it just killed. And I remember being like, I'm not saying another word yeah. <laughs> the rest of the time. I'm going to go hide in the bathroom. Yeah. Cause people are like, that guy's funny. Cause it's like, I had the perfect line for the perfect moment. And I was like, I'm out yeah. on this thing. Um, cause the expectations are so low. Right. You haven't said anything yet. They don't know. I mean, they know that you're his opener, right? Which is like, there's some, there's some merit to that, obviously, right, right. But to them, at the level they're at, they're just like, the fuck is this fucking kid, right? And with a good line, like, fuck, okay, all right, yeah, you got yeah. our attention. You're just waiting for it because that, and also if it goes the other way, I mean, you'll never. No. People are talking about like, remember that time you bombed at the fucking <laughs> cookout, and you're like, oh shit. Um. So I want to talk a little bit about how how you. How does one get into fight? I mean, that's what I was talking about. I was like, I'm, I was used. To, I've always been obsessed with that, mm -hmm. that skill and that idea. But I was always afraid to start the sure. journey for whatever lack of a better term. What were you really young when you started? What would made you be like? I gotta get involved in some fighting, or was it <laughs> similar? Well, I was like, I got. I want to feel better about myself. I so. I think people in comedy, the few people that know who I am, think of me as like a fighting guy who's trying comedy. When right. in reality, I'm a funny kid who fell into fighting. Right, right. I wanted to be a stand-up since I was 11. Like, I remember watching, like, Comedy Central, I feel like my generation, like, people late 20s, early 30s, like, the Comedy Central Presents were on fucking all the time. Oh, yeah, those were and amazing. And it really influenced this generation of, of comedians where, or, since I was 11, I'm like, I'm going to be a stand-up. Like it's gonna happen. Like yeah. it's always I felt, and I've had a lot of people, like weird amount of people, tell me to be a like it's really strange. Yeah. So I moved here in 2009 to start stand up here. I'm right. like, if I'm gonna do it, I might as well just do it in New York. And had you done it? You're from Florida. I'm from Florida. Never did it. Never did it. Never did it once. Where? What Florida? Where I'm from South Florida. I'm from the same town that Todd Berry and uh, Mike Lawrence is from. Oh da wow. Davie, Florida. It's no a tiny, kidding. Yeah, it's a weird little wow, town. Wow, you're so different. That's three very different people. Very different. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so I moved here in February of 2009, and my best friend was already living here, and I was so scared of stand up. I was so scared to start trying, and a couple weeks in, he goes, hey, a bunch of my friends are doing this kickboxing thing if you want to go try it. And I'd always been an athlete. Like, I played hockey growing up. Like, I was a good athlete. Right. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that seems fun. I always kind of liked, like, combat movies. And I 
went to the gym and they're doing jujitsu that day. I didn't know it was an MMA gym. And it was at the gym I'm at now, under my instructor. I'm still at. No kidding. Yeah. Wow. And I, was like, I love this. <laughs> That's so fascinating because I think of you, and I feel this way recently. I was listening to Slash, the guitar player mm-hmm. on WTF, mm-hmm. and he's such like a virtuoso. I just assumed he's been playing guitar since he was a fetus, like he just came out with a guitar. He started when he was like 14. That like blew my mind. Oh, really? And he, I guess you just put in the hours. It doesn't matter when you start. Yeah. Because I think of you. As being like, by the way, I have nothing else to compare it to. You're the only person I've ever... Sure. <laughs> so I'm like, this guy's like insane. Um, but I just think of you as like a guy that was doing karate when you were five. Right, and Like right. chopping little bricks apart. <laughs> no, no. So I that's started, like relatively recently. Yeah, my first MMA, my first jiu-jitsu class was like a month after turning 22. Wow. And um, I did the class. I'm like, fuck, I like this a lot. And uh, I started... I mean, back then we we didn't really have our own physical gym. We were renting out a dance studio for the week, like one like a, an hour for the week kind of a thing. Yeah. So I would gum. I would literally go once or twice a week, and I'm like, I love this. This is great. Um, and then I had to take a little break because of a job I was working, and then I came back like six months later, and for some reason I was better than everyone. Like something clicked, and I was like, I was better than oh, at least better than I was. Right, right. Um, and I'm like, okay, this is really fun. I like this. I'm terrified of the idea of getting into a cage. I should do it. I'm young enough where like I want to f- I want to confront that feeling and I want to see how I would react in the cage because I couldn't put myself there mentally. I'm like I would freak out. Right. I right. wonder how it would, I wasn't like a tough kid, you know. Like I I didn't get no I didn't like start fights as a kid. I got jumped a couple times, but like I was never like an aggressive, uh, violent child. So, um, this is so interesting to me because to me it's like I have a thing where I have so much anxiety about physical confrontation and that's mm-hmm. what fascinates me about taking martial arts because I feel like so much of my anxiety is from getting harmed or not being helpless. Mm-hmm. I mean that's all anxiety really is mm-hmm. the feeling of like helplessness. So I thought like maybe if I have this skill mm-hmm. that will alleviate some of that fear. Yeah. And so did you have any of that? Because I, I can't even begin to put my – we spar and I'm terrified. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty confident you're not going to hurt me. We're friends, you yeah. know, but I'm, I'm shitting my pants. Like, see, I'm getting in a cage. I have no desire. So well, there's layers to it. Is there, are, are your lines crossed? What's going on? The idea of being willing to take a fucking elbow to the face is so insane to me. So your, your comfort always is in relation to the most, um, the highest peak of that given skill set. So uh, when you're a comic, I was terrified of doing an open mic. Because that was the most eyes on me ever. Right. Right. And then you do open mics. You're like, okay, you're not nervous for open mics. Then you do a show and you're terrified for the show. Right. It's a fucking bar show. There's 10 people there. Right. And every right. time you go up a level, it's nerve wracking. But then when you go back down, it's very easy. Right. So when, when, when you start going to the gym, just going to the gym is terrifying. Right. And then rolling is terrifying and sparring is terrifying. It's always the, the, what you start accepting is the fear is always going to be there on the next step. But the way back down is easier. So you look forward to looking backwards and going, oh, that was that's easy. Right. So I understand it's a great analogy. You're very good at analogies, oh, by thank the way. You. Yeah. And um, what's the uh, other word? Not analogy, but... Uh, 
kissing. Metaphor. Oh, Me- metaphor. metaphor. Yeah, you're very good at kissing also. <laughs> but uh, so, which is something I want to make sure we get down mm-hmm. here. Because so many things that you say, I'm like, God, this is the most metaphorical thing in my life. It's mm-hmm. like, and, and that's what I want this podcast to be is like the gaining of wisdom. Great. Because you feel like a very wise person. Thank you. I can't read. Intelligent. Can you not read? <laughs> no, I, I'm dyslexic, but I'm, I did terribly in school. I'm, 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 yeah, I'm a real dummy when it comes to that stuff. Because you seem like, I talk to you, I'm like, this is like the smartest guy I've ever met in my life. Thank you. <laughs> um, but but my, my therapist is like that. He's like a brilliant guy, but he can't write. His emails look like a child wrote. Yeah, yeah, There's I, no yeah. punctuation. The spelling's all fucked up. Yeah, I'm up, never going to get like, a writing gig. Well, <laughs> I'll like read his email and be like, this is the guy advising me. This guy's like a moron. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. Why do I respect this person's opinion? It's so funny that him and you are like my two spiritual guidance and I'm like <laughs> these guys are idiots um, but I, so I understand the analogy like I feel that way with like the seller where like there was a time at the seller my knees were shaking oh I can imagine and now I'm like oh great I, gotta, I can go fuck around I wrote some stuff today I'll go do it at the seller mm-hmm. so I understand that analogy like I'm okay. with you okay I, uh, I feel the feeling however at the seller as bad as it goes well there's a chance no one's going to elbow me in the fucking sure, face, like sure. rip my face open. And you said something to me that I thought was profound, where you were like, it's just pain. Yeah. I mean, that's fascinating to me. I mean, tell me about that attitude or mindset. So you you start accepting that your feelings are just neurons firing. Okay. And you start accepting that my physical pain won't affect anyone else's life. Right. If I fail in, if I get dropped by a kick, uh, my mom isn't going to have a hard day at work tomorrow or my, you know, like some stranger's not going to not be able to see their child. It's just my experience. Right. And it's like, I can, I can handle that. That's okay. I'm all right with that. Does that mean that I was like, I had no fear going into the cage? No, absolutely not. That's, that's not what I mean. It's just acceptance of what the consequences could be possibly do right see this is where this is where you feel like a person with a lot of wisdom and also like selflessness i'm like i don't care what happens to my mother at work (laughs) i mean obviously i want her well-being but i'm like if her papers are stacked up or whatever the fuck or like someone yells at her i'm like what do i give a shit i just don't want my ribs broken Uh uh-huh so that's like uh an amazing mindset and that's where i'm like i really look up to you you're like Mm -hmm. you seem like you're uh centered for not bothered but like Obviously, you've been punched in the face. Mm-hmm. In the moment, I'm sure the adrenaline, but like to me, I also, this is where my anxiety comes in. I would be like, is my eye ever going to recover? I'd be staring at my eye in the mirror and being like, is, am I going to be all right? My nose broke. Will I be able to breathe? Mm-hmm. My thing is just, which also is just a mental illness. <laughs> like sure. My brain yeah, yeah, just yeah. takes off uh-huh. and doesn't come back. So the idea of like so much of my fear has been any kind of pain, whether it even be a cold or punched in the face or mm-hmm. whatever, or death. You don't have too much of a fear of that. Your fear is of performance and not injury, it feels my like. Fe- my genuine, the fear I really have, the fear that kind of dictates my behavior is the fear of letting my fear ch- make choices for me. Ah. I'm terrified of, of being a coward. Right, that's my whole life. All my all my choices are from fear. Right, and I, 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 and this time, this, I, I realize that this is going to sound somewhat... Um, kind of tough guy-ish or kind of macho. And I I apologize if it seems that way. It's it's not really what I'm trying to get across, but I feel like we're all cowards. We're born cowards. Right. But if we die a coward, that's our failure. Every day you have to prove to yourself you're not a coward. Right. And I, 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 I want so genuinely to make choices because of uh, either they're 
beneficial to my life or the lives of people around me, not because of selfishness or fear. Right. That's really hard. I'm not saying it's easy, but yeah. things like being good at fighting, even though I know it sounds silly to, to, to the mo to the average person can kind of give you courage in things that are not fighting. Yeah. That, I mean, that's what I'm hoping for. What was the line from fight club? You said, last Oh, week? The, that, uh, fighting makes, turns the volume down on everything else. In your life. Right. Like it's, it's so tacky, but it's true. The intensity of normal day-to-day -day things, there's nowhere near as, as loud as, as being hit. Yeah. That's sort of my thing with going to mixed martial arts. It's like, maybe I'll be less afraid of the dentist if Diego punches me in the face and then kicks me in the rib, yeah. where you're kind of like, all right. And there is a thing that we've had with sparring where like you, you've kicked me pretty good in the rib, not like you're trying to hurt me, but you're like, oh, all right, all right. I'm still standing, still we're still fighting, yeah. that's okay. And the pain goes away pretty quickly, which again is like metaphorical of like, we're having fun, I'm learning that hurt, but mm -hmm. that pain will go away and now I've learned Yeah, you start. you start... Um, recognizing the timing of things of like that feeling of like, okay, this hurts right now. If I wait a moment and don't let the, the, the pain again, dictate my behavior within a couple of seconds, it'll be gone and there'll be none the wiser. The, the person you're fighting only knows something hurts if you show them that it hurts. Right. So if, if you get good at controlling that poker face, you almost feel uh, indestructible. Right. But then you don't want to do that. Again, we're talking metaphors. You don't mm. want to do that too much emotionally. In no, relationships. it's like the opposite. the opposite. Yeah, it's interesting. The, the beautiful thing about becoming, quote unquote, uh, a tough guy, a, a strong, a, a tough person, a, a person who is um, difficult to physically dominate is that now you can recognize that you can open up more emotionally because that's no longer an option. Like I like... Uh, clothes like I like fashion like I like uh, style yeah and I realized that when I was younger I would hide that a little bit because I didn't want to make be made fun of by other guys right right and I was like fucking say something <laughs> right right I'll wear whatever the fuck I want right and I this guy literally I was wearing um just I have like a jacket that's kind of loud it's like red and white and it's kind of striped it's kind of loud yeah and I was on the train and I was heading to a show and the the I noticed this one guy kind of staring at me he was also drinking a like one of those little bottles like schnapps or something right and I'm like, this is, I can already tell, like, no good. Um, like, is he a problem? The door's open. I'm getting ready to get out of the train. And he leans over and goes, can I ask you a question? In like a shitty tone. He's like, do they make that jacket for men? And I stood there in the doorway and just stared at him and go, no, they don't. <laughs> and waited. The door's trying to close. I'm just staring. I'm like, what's right. You're going to wait for me to get off the train to say some shit? Right. You fucking coward. Like, yeah. say it to me when I'm on the train. Right. I was so furious. I wanted to slam his head through the wall. I didn't. But isn't, is there part of you that feels bad for a person like i think about this when i watch like the godfather mm -hmm. where he's like now get your mick ass out of here or you're fucking whatever and you're like oh you're talking to fucking don corleone here yeah. like you can't i mean is there part of you that's like oh this poor bastard doesn't yeah, realize what's going on here yeah and I, like i still um I, I i i was genuinely annoyed and and enraged I didn't let that kind of uh, make me hit him. He just said words to me. They're not real. You know, right. like I, wasn't, I wasn't in danger. But then later you get to where I, I, I kind of calm down and go, he's a fucking drunk going nowhere who's fucking has nobody in his life. Right, he to, right. He had to bring somebody down to his level so he felt like he wasn't alone. Right. It's fuck yeah. Yeah. So, I get it. so that's good. But yeah, it does feel nice because I'm like, I have this desire to have that skill. Mm-hmm. I don't think I'm there yet, but like we talk about, I'm like, I could beat up me from six weeks ago. Yeah. Really oh well. yeah. So you that, mopped the floor with you. So that part's, that part's nice, but. Cause that's always, 
always the goal. That's the person you're always trying to beat. Right. It's just you from six months ago. Right. Oh, it's interesting. I mean, it's such a fascinating thing. And like comedy, you have that thing of like, well, that went pretty well, or that didn't go well at all, but you're like, God, I have so far to go. But it's that thing of like the journey of a thousand miles begins mm-hmm. with a single step type mm-hmm. of thing. That's written on our doorframe. Our doorway. Oh, really? Yeah. If you look at when you walk into the gym, before you walk in, if you look up, it's written on the doorway. Oh, fun. I think yeah. about that all the time. Um, so it's fascinating to me, too, that, and we'll go back to your sort of uh, timeline or whatever, but it's fascinating to me that comedy, it feels like, was more intimidating to you than mm-hmm. fighting somebody. Yeah. Because, I mean, that's because you care more. Because I, I, I was told and I had proof that I could do it to a degree. I mean, both in elementary school and high school, I won like funniest kid in the class. Like I, that yeah. that happened both times. And it's like, I had multiple people tell me that I should like seriously consider doing it. Right. And it's like, oh, this now has weight to it. And like um, uh, expectations to a degree. Whereas fighting is like, what? Diego's doing fighting? Oh, <laughs> right. Okay, weird. Right. The, the, the success was, like I say, success is relative. Me getting in the cage was success. Right. Whatever happened after that doesn't matter. The fact that I just got in there is more than most people can say. See, that's the most consistent lesson, a consistent thing that you're saying to me when we're training that I also have to take into my regular life is that success is relative. Mm -hmm. I always have this thing, and my therapist helps me with that too, where he'll be like, yeah, but you're doing all this stuff. I, I see myself as such a fucking pussy who can't do anything i can't figure anything out like i'm like i'm not gonna be able to figure out this microphone mm-hmm. i don't know how i'm gonna interview a person mm-hmm. and then like it takes an outside person my therapist usually to be like what are you talking about like you're you're a great conversationalist. you yeah. just talk you yeah. just have a conversation or he's like you moved to new york you have a what you are an adult you're yeah. doing things yeah and i forget that i'm like i suck at fighting i'm never i'm not tough i'm not gonna be able to fight but i'm like i'm going just going is that's the success. It's huge. And it, it's the biggest fear of my life. Every time we spar, I'm like, this is stupid. I should really just leave right now. <laughs> but I keep doing it. So mm-hmm. that that feels good. Again, there is a part of it that's, and maybe that's what getting the cage is all about. That I'm like, well, it's Diego. He's not going to punch me. He's right. not going to fucking hurt me. So I do have a little bit of that. Yeah. Or injure me, I should say. I'm, you know, hurt. Is relative. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I hurts. You've punched me in the face. I punched you in the face, but I haven't punched you yet. <laughs> uh, right, right. It's like there, there, there's, um, it's like a volume knob. I, I, I have you right now, pretty low because I don't want to overwhelm the senses. Uh, we're, we're inviting you into comfort. Right. And it's like once you kind of get a little more competence or confidence in that that kind of emotional space, then we can start turning it up. Right. And then it's no longer like you ever hear when people say, "I like being punched." Like you'll hear fighters say, "I like being punched." Yeah. What they really mean is they're no longer afraid of being punched. Right. They can handle the the stressors of it and react accordingly. Right. And it's a very f- freeing feeling. It's a really it's a really like um fun moment in your in your fighting ability skill. Right. Where it's like, oh, I'm free now. I don't let the fear kind of like tighten me up or get me messed up. Well, there was a great Dave Chappelle on Inside the Actors Studio, which is one of the great best interviews of all time it's just amazing but he talked about doing uh the apollo and he got booed his grandmother was there he was 14 and his grandmother and mother were there and he got booed off stage and he was like this is not that bad Mm -hmm. and he's like after that i was fearless yeah i'm like all right i'm getting booed off stage at the apollo in front of my parents i'm all right yeah so after that you're like well what's what are they gonna do 
I mean, and that's again. I think my I have so much fear with physical well-being that in comedy I'm like, what are they going to do? Not laugh? I yeah. know I'm funny. I'll just go do the next show. Mm-hmm. But again, I keep coming back to it. Is like, in a fight, there is a chance someone could kill you or give you brain damage yeah, or yeah. unhinge your fucking jaw or mm-hmm. whatever it is. I mean, I I try to watch MMA. I'm a sports fanatic. And I like the ground when they're rolling, but the fucking elbows to the face or watching someone who's knocked out get punched in the face mm-hmm. is gross it's a to me. Yeah, it's a lot. It's, I'm not going to say that it's... Um, I feel like the fault the UFC is having is they're trying to make it a sport. Right. It's not a sport. It's fighting. It's 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 the 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 place. It's what sports are a placeholder for. People created sports so they wouldn't have war. Right, they, right. To prove dominance, they're like, well, all right, well, we'll kill each other. Let's play this fucking hoop Mayan game that they <laughs> right, did. Right, right. The fighting is 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 the most genuine uh, competition. Right. So I think to make it a sport kind of makes it a little more. It makes it disingenuous to what it really is. Right. And then people get kind of messed up and watching and going, oh, this doesn't feel like a sport because it's not a sport. This doesn't feel like basketball because right, no, right. it's different. So, a that can kind of wear away with time of watching it and go, okay, I'm a little more desensitized. I'm a little more aware that yeah, this is they've they've not only signed up for this, they've worked to get here. Right, right. They wanted to be here. Right. Um, do I like enjoy seeing people get really messed up? No, like it's not the kind of like a uh. Like, like people like blood. I want to really kill. Right, right. It's not that. I like just the the. I love seeing people go into a situation that is terrifying and succeed with their skill set. I think right. it's very admirable and very impressive. Yeah. Um. But there, that might not never go away from you. Go away from you. That's fine too. Right. Well, Maybe that's a, yeah. I'm not looking to fight competitively, obviously. Yeah. But that's I probably everyone starts out saying that, and then next thing you know, I'm at mm-hmm. fucking I'm at you know I'm fighting Lewis at uh, Skankfest <laughs> or something. Um, but so take me through like the first. Okay, so you train for how many? How long are you doing MMA before you're gonna have a competitive fight I, with somebody? I started in May May 9th, two thousand nine was my first class, and my first fight was June twelfth, two thousand twelve. Okay, so three, three years, years. Was, so just I over was, three years. I got my purple belt a couple of days before my fight. Okay, so I was already a purple belt. Now, did you? Which feel- I didn't. I definitely was not. <laughs> my, my instructor was very smart. Uh, I knew the other guy was also a blue belt, mm-hmm. and my, my instructor was very smart and gave me my purple belt, so I'd have a little more confidence going. Oh, in. I don't think smart. I was really a purple belt yet. Right. Oh, interesting. I was good, but I wasn't a purple. Belt yet. Now, do you feel more uh, proficient on the ground or? Um, I was Standing. very lucky in the fact that I, I've done, I've done all of it at the same time. Like I always did right. striking and grappling at the same time. It's ebbed and flowed over my career. Like for a long time, I definitely felt like a stronger grappler than a, a striker. Right now I kind of feel like a stronger striker than I do a grappler. Interesting. Um, because it's, MMA is such a good activity for people with like ADD because you could, um, focus your attention on different disciplines and you can kind of get like I'll get bored of, uh, uh, of boxing or whatever, and I'll just focus more on freestyle wrestling. And if I get bored of freestyle wrestling, I look at judo. If I get bored of judo, I could look at Muay Thai. Like you know, there's so right, many right. things to 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 work on that it, it can keep your mind kind of uh, entertained. 
Well, that's what's so great about it, too. I like just learning a skill. Like before this, I was taking mandolin lessons, which I think I'm one of the few people that's ever taken mandolin lessons and MMA at the same time. Gotta be. Down the street from each other. They're like three blocks away. Oh, no way, really? Yeah. So (laughs) I want to set it up. It's very expensive to do both at the same time, but I'd like to set it up where I go and play mandolin for an hour and then show up to you and then fight. (laughs) Um, But there's something about learning a skill. Like we talked about it earlier. It's kind of like, I guess, pre-Google Maps, but even with Google Maps, in a town where you start making your way and all of a sudden, like when you move to New York, you're like, oh, this stop is two blocks. That's the yeah, same yeah, yeah. That's the same bank. Yeah. I remember now. Mm-hmm. And so when you start piecing those neighborhoods together and you slowly learn the city, mm-hmm. and then you said again, like a great analogy, and then you realize we're just looking at two blocks and you pull back and you're yeah. like, oh, this is like a, a fighting would be like looking at the planet and we're yeah. looking at the Upper East Side. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. It's a huge, huge skill set. But it is fun to walk away and have those confidence boosts of like, I can learn. I know what I'm doing. I have a little more knowledge. Yeah. So, okay. So, so going back to the first fight. Mm-hmm. So now you sign. How does it even work? So I, I remember I was in the gym and we just were about to start and my instructor was fighting at that time. And I'm like, hey, do you think like once I got my blue belt, I could fight once. I just want to see what it's like. And he was like kind of surprised. He goes, okay. Cause like I was kind of a, I was like one of his worst students. I was kind of like a smart ass and making jokes in the class, which is like a big no, no. Right. Like just shut up. Don't, why are you talking? Right. Um, so he was kind of surprised and taken back by, he goes, all right. Yeah, we, we could do that for you. So once we got our own space and I started coming when we had, we were the ability to have more classes. I was coming every day and like really working hard. And he started like seeing that and like being like, kind of like, Oh, okay. You're, you're taking this seriously. And then he started taking me to his instructor's gym, uh, professor Ricardo Almeida's gym in New Jersey, where, uh, Frankie Edgar, Edson Barboza, Marlon Marias, Frankie Perez, Corey Anderson, like UFC, like elite UFC fighters train at. Okay. He would take me there on Tuesday mornings for sparring day. And, uh, he would go in and once we were in there, he wasn't my instructor anymore. He's like, I'm going to go spar too. You spar people. Right. And go, okay. And he's a bunch of professional fighters that are all bigger than I am. And he's got the shit kicked out of me for year, for two years, probably. Um, and then one day, Dante Rivera, who's also a UFC guy, who's a legendary fighter in New Jersey, was like, hey, do you, can you fight in June? And I just go, yes. I wanted to say no so hard. My brain's, wow. like, my brain's like, no. I'm like, yes. And uh, that was it. I had a fight. Wow. <clears throat> so... Did you regret afterwards? Were you like, what am I doing? Or you just said, I'm making this decision? Because that's another problem I have in my life, which my therapist is like, there is no right answer. I'm trying to live my life as there's a right answer and a wrong answer. It's just whatever you... I keep telling myself that it's cooler to do than to not do. Okay. Because to do has a lesson in it somewhere. I feel like this is going to end with me getting my ass kicked. (laughs) I'm just (laughs) like, I'll do it. Did someone die? (laughs) All right. So you say, yeah, so it's better to do. To a degree. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's going to be a lesson. There's information in doing. There's not a lot of information in not doing. Right. Am I going to sit home again? Like, what the fuck am I going to gain out of that? Right. Well, Um, you're going to not get punched in the face, but uh, I can't get past this punch in the face. (laughs) Sorry. Um, So I trained for the fight. I get my pearl belt a couple of days or a week or two before the fight, which made me fucking ball. Like I cried. I called my girlfriend in the rain. Like oh, it was beautiful. Wow. And um, I have the fight in a um, a high school gym in New Jersey. Um, <laughs> Did you fight Spider Rico? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it goes to the third round. It's getting pretty close. It's back and forth. And then I'm able to secure a takedown. I get mount. 
I pretend I'm going for a Kimura. When he turns, I take his back and I settle in a rear naked choke and I win with a couple, like a minute left in the third round. But so take me in the locker room beforehand. Mm-hmm. Are, are you, where, what's the anxiety level at? Surprisingly, not as bad as I thought it was going to be, but I realized it's because God. I have, I played for a national title. Like I played for, for state titles. Like I, I've had some moments of like stress athletically before. So when I was backed up, like this just feels like a hockey game to a degree. People are screaming and like, hitting pads, but I was literally doing yoga poses in the corner just to like remain calm and like right. talk myself through those feelings. I definitely was um, anxious, but not to the point where like, I don't think I can go out there. Right. Okay. So again, I keep coming back to it. So you're not, you're anxious because you're doing something crazy. You're not having a fear of like, I might, I'm going to die no. or I'm going to be seriously I injured. have a fear of disappointing my instructor. Right. I have a fear of of being his first student to fight and embarrassing him. Right. That was my fear. Interesting. Um, and now this is another great thing that I love about um, mixed martial arts or and the way you're training is because this is what I need. I'm meditating and focusing on my breath and trying to lower the heart rate. I thought mm-hmm. that was really interesting. Yeah. The idea of like jujitsu not being cardio where it's supposed to be the opposite of yeah cardio it really in infuriates way. me when people when a layman will tell another person that oh jiu-jitsu is like a good workout I mean, no it's not it shouldn't be if you're doing it right right the whole point is to be efficient now if you're two purple belts and you want to go to war that's different right but when you're learning how to do it you shouldn't be doing you don't know what you're doing why are you getting tired right right is me just grabbing a guitar just hitting all the strings as hard as possible right right right. it's like why if you don't know how to do it why are you doing it fast right but that seems to be such an important lesson and again metaphorical and practical is that like are are you breathing and i have Mm -hmm. to do that in my life with podcast or Mm -hmm. comedy all the time where i find like i'm literally I shouldn't say literally because I am breathing, but I'm like, I'm not, I'm breathing like, you're not accepting like the breath. tiny yeah. little yeah. sips of air and I'm not even aware. I've kicked into like nature is my body's breathing because it's like, but there's no mind body connection. Mm-hmm. I'm breathing because not, no one teaches you how to breathe when mm-hmm. you're born, you're just breathing. So it's like, obviously, I'm going to continue to breathe because I would die if yeah. not, but there's no, uh, understanding that I am breathing or conscious breathing. Yeah. Like, I'm just like, uh, that That part is so important, I think. And I try to keep reminding myself when we're rolling or whatever yeah. of like, oh, are you breathing? And I'll do it with stand-up too. Oh, in the okay. middle of a set. And even if it's going great, I'm like, you haven't breathed in like <laughs> yeah, a while. Yeah. Like exhale, inhale, you have time. Uh-huh. Um, so I, I really, that's such an important part. And I, I, how conscious of you are that in during a competitive fight is there ever a thought of like oh i gotta breathe am i breathing at this point no at this point i've cemented that kind of uh conscious decision so many times it become my like my 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 autopilot is now correct right whereas when you start your autopilot sucks you can't trust it it's just it's so stupid it's so instinctual right fight you're trying to rewire millions of years of evolution right mentally it's a very difficult task um, but surprisingly, you can do it pretty quickly, a couple of years, and you could really change the way your mind thinks about or, or, or behaves in fight or flight. Right. That's what, yeah, that's <clears throat> so hard what I'm trying to do daily because I've had so many bouts with like panic disorder, panic mm-hmm. disorder, I'm having them daily and I can't get out of it. And it's like so, um, and maybe this is similar to fighting, it's where it's so counterintuitive. I guess it's sort of like jujitsu where. You think the right move, you end up in a choke hold. Mm-hmm. And I've had that with panic attacks where you think the right move is like, 
all right, just calm down, just relax. You got to relax. Yeah. But it's actually sending you deeper into the thing where acceptance is the real mm-hmm. answer of like, accept. Okay, I'm having You're a having panic a attack, attack right now. Yeah. I'm having anxiety, and it's just anxiety. My thoughts are not reality. Fear is just fear, and it, the acceptance kind of allows you. Which you said something today. I think it was similarly with submissions that like you can't get your head set on a submission of like, all right, I'm going to do a rear naked choke on this mm-hmm. guy. You have to take what they give you, yeah, which again you, is so metaphorical Yeah, you, of you, like, let me just get what's given. Exactly. At, at this, at most stages, and again, every uh, things change every four years or so in skill sets of jujitsu where rules apply, but you mostly, you, you, you don't want to be greedy with submissions because when you force something, you might either a miss something that's easily available, which again, that's not efficient or B, your forcing of a technique ends up putting you in a worse position. Right. So you want to have good habits that encourage a behavior. So if I have upright posture and I'm relaxed and I'm encouraging this person to work hard to get out of the position, sooner or later, they're going to overextend an arm or over-rotate a shoulder or expose a neck. And then I could just take advantage of that. Right. Again, minus the taking advantage physically, it's similar to a relationship. Uh-huh. This thing of like, if you're working too hard or try, you're too dead set on what mm-hmm. this is going to be, it doesn't work. Yeah. It's just like you kind of have to, and a relationship, any relationship, a rela- even a relationship to uh, an art form. If you're trying, it feels like if you're like, all right, I'm going to do this. I have this thing. I'm going to write this. Yeah, yeah, you got to kind of let it come. Yeah, and if you try to be. sit down, like, I'm going to write clean jokes right now you're like all right we're gonna think about come the whole time right (laughs) sorry it's all it's gonna happen it's so funny i did that last time i when i shot the netflix thing i was like all right they make so much money doing clean like i can do corporate my jokes are relatively clean i'm gonna write a clean act (laughs) and the first 10 minutes i wrote were all dick and shit jokes and i was like (laughs) all right next time around by the way the the uh sneaking candy into the theater joke makes me laugh so hard oh thanks i appreciate it (laughs) yeah i unwrapped it i don't know why oh thanks very funny oh i appreciate it yeah i forgot about that joke it's so stupid but (laughs) i always liked it and i was like i'll keep it in there so all right, so we'll fast forward, I guess. So you're you did, did you win a title? Is that yeah? Correct? I, I was an undefeated uh, champion at 135. That's unbelievable. Now is that the the other guy had a belt or it's a no? So what happened was because the promotion I was fighting for one of the I fought for a couple of little promotions, um, their champion uh, vacated. He went to another promotion. Okay. So that so the title was up for grabs and and my fourth or fifth fight, I was like I I need an out. I need a reason to feel like I achieved something. Cause I was only supposed to fight like in my head. I'm like, I just want to fight once. Right. But then I fought once. I'm like the, the addicting thing about fighting is that you're never your actual skill set in the cage. You're always you like six months ago. And you're like, ah, I could do better. But the, the, the moment lowers your skill set. The, 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 the fear lowers right, your skill set. Right. The, 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 the cutting weight lowers your skill set. Right. So you're like, I, you're always trying to catch up to yourself. And then when I was like four or five fights in, I'm like, I need a reason to stop. I, I want something to give me a reason to stop. And I'm like, all right, well, if, I guess if I won a title, that's a good enough like uh, proof that I, I did this. I, I could do this. I can teach this. Right. And then literally the couple of weeks later, the the promoter, the fight promoter, Frankie Perez, <laughs> called me and goes, uh, would you like to fight for the title? When the title is vacated and we have you and this other guy who are doing really well, we want you both to fight for it. Wow. And then I fought him in summer early or mid mid 2014 and i won and then my first open mic was december 7th 2014 so you started basically right after you won yeah. 
Because I wanted to really start. I'm like, all right, it's, I'm getting a little older. I got to start stand up. Right, right. If I'm ever going to do it, I got to start it. It's so interesting. And what was keeping you from starting doing stand up? Was that fear or you were just too busy? Or It, it became then a combination of I really liked fighting. I really like, I, I really enjoyed training. I don't love, I didn't love being in the cage. I did right. it and I'm glad I did it. And I, there was definitely moments of joy, but I never, um, I never enjoyed the feeling of for my success, someone has to fail. Right, right. I had to watch someone be heartbroken. Yeah. And I, I never, I was never joyous. I never raised my hand like, hell yeah. Right, right, right. I was right, right. like, ah, we're the same person. I'm right. sorry. Interesting. Boy, you're such a sweet, sweet man. <laughs> I mean, it's, but I, don't, do you feel like you're a rare kind of fighter? Because, I mean, or maybe it's just like I'm falling into what the stereotype of a fighter is that mm. there's so many fucking meatballs. Um, I mean, it doesn't feel like there's a lot of... Yeah, I really guess, thoughtful yeah. fighters. Maybe, but maybe again, maybe I'm being uh, the, racist. The, the, the or fighters that whatever. I know personally who are again elite, like high level, are very, very nice people, um, very kind people. I don't think the, the, the that that thought I don't think can occur to them too much because it's their live like their livelihood. Right, right. Just, they like, need if to, they yeah. have to kind of shut that part off of their brain. Of I course. totally understand it, and I and I in no mean like uh, find it disres- find it. Um, see it as a negative when people do cheer their victories. It's a lot of fucking work and you're terrified and you are able not to provide for your family. I totally fucking get that. I just never did it. Um, but I, possibly, I, I don't know. It's a hard thing to say that I don't think a lot of fighters are like me. I'll say that. Well, I read, uh, that book, a fighter's mind, the fighter's no, Sam mind Sheridan. that I you, love him. uh, recommended. Now, is he a fighter also? No, he, w- he's a journalist. And then he started training because okay. of the books. I think he he's he's he did a, a Muay Thai fight in Thailand. I think he did an MMA fight. I read his book like seven years ago. Fighter's Heart and a Fighter's Mind. I think he did an MMA fight because of the book. Right. Um, but he's not. I wouldn't necessarily say he's a fighter by trade. Got it. Because he, I forget who he was talking. Because he talks to a series of fighters yeah, or, really or athletes and stuff. Um, Dan Gable's in there, who I love, or I'm fascinated. Legend. By. But um, there was some someone I forget which fighter, and I'll, maybe I'll look it up and put it in post. But he said like they were like, "Do you have to? Do you want to hate your opponent? Do you make something to make yourself hate him?" He's like, "No, the exact opposite. Mm-hmm. I want to take all emotion out of it. Yeah, where it's just like, okay, this is my opponent. This is what's in my mm-hmm. way. Essentially, you don't." Because if you start to be like, you motherfucker, you fuck my mother. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah, like yeah. they're just kind of fucking, <laughs> you you're going to make a mistake or whatever. You yeah, know? Uh, fear, anger and f- is a very bad fuel source for right. fighting. Right. And Indifference they, is pretty good. And you've talked about that before with me where it's like when you're training someone or someone new, you'll hit them and then some people will react when they just start... Yeah, so I mean that I feel good. I don't have so. yeah, that's a lot of work we have to do when it's that when, when right. someone when I hit someone and again, I don't mean hit in the way that I could I could genuinely hit them. I mean, just right. touch them in the face with a fu- with a fist. Right. Um, the if they react in a very aggressive and tense and fearful way, it's like, OK, we have to do a lot of work to get back to zero. Right. With you, luckily, we'd have to do that. So we can fucking cruise along. Right. I, I appreciate it. Um. But there's something to me that's fascinating about the idea of like, in my life, I've always been like, I, I can handle myself. I got anger. I'm Irish. I'm from Boston. Yeah, yeah. And then I get, and obviously most people don't have your skill set, but mm-hmm. we're sparring. I'm like, oh, this is a joke. Like, I don't even kind of know what to uh-huh. do. I don't even have any idea. But and, most guys think that way. Right. I mean, I'm an athlete, so I understand how to move and I've watched a million fights. So I'm like, I understand sport. But mm-hmm. like once you start throwing punches, I'm like, there's no... yeah. And it doesn't even seem 
computable, all the open spaces. It's so much, yeah. When you watch a fight, it looks like they're so covered up. And even, it's again, it's a skill, because when you cover up, I'm like, I cannot hit you. Mm-hmm. It's not. I'm not able to mm-hmm. get a blow in. I try to cover, I feel like my whole, I feel just naked. Yeah, yeah. Which, again, <laughs> people are going to hate me for saying metaphor. I mean, that's like feels like such a metaphor for my whole life yeah. is that I'm like, I cannot protect myself in any way. Mm-hmm. And I need, I'm fucked. Which is how I've, this is, I realize I'm just saying the saddest thing in the world right now. But it's like, that's how I feel in a fight and in life. Yeah. So it's like, that's part of the thing I'm trying to learn is that ability to like, no, no, you can cover this and then you might get hit there, exactly. but you can get hit The expectation to, to protect everything at every given moment is what screws people over. Right. It's it's protecting what's being attacked at this moment and minimizing the openings you have to create to to protect yourself. So if if someone throws a hook to my body, I will dip my elbow of that side lower, but I also try to bring my head down with it so my right. hand isn't exposing my head. Right. But by doing that, the other other hip is open. So if they, someone throws a hook to one side and then the other, they might be able to catch that opening. Right. But if I just drop both elbows, well, then my head's open. You know, it's, it's you can't protect everything. Right. And they've also opened themselves up as they're exactly. throwing. So I guess I should trust the audience to understand and interpret their own metaphors so, so I can stop saying it's a metaphor. <laughs> but that does, again, feel like... Life is that like, well, you're, you can't not get hit. It's mm-hmm. about getting hit the optimal way yeah, and being yeah. able to handle it and then fight back, um, which is another thing. I'll, I'll, I'm going to stop saying metaphor so I don't get Do fucking nailed with uh, <laughs> a m- m- metaphor. Yeah. But um, an interesting thing, and I was telling um, my friend, my very famous friend who will remain nameless, <laughs> he was fascinated by it about... Um, what do you call it? A check with like if you're kicking me and I like lift check. my yeah. Because this famous to, friend also boxes occasionally. Yeah, right? yeah, okay, he yeah. does. So I'm checking with my shit, and you're like, no, you want it bone to bone. Yeah. Because which is so counterintuitive. It's like it's gonna hurt you, but it's also gonna hurt them. And he was like, no, that's great. He's like, I love that because it's like, again, the M word of like, all right, like you're going to be hurt, but it's going to serve you. Yeah, because it's, te- be, it's, it's, it's t- teaching them to also not do it. Right, right. To be like, all right, this is going to fuck me up, but mm-hmm. you're not going to do that again after mm-hmm. this. So which is another, um, I mean, I don't necessarily know what the analogy is or the metaphor is exactly but that choice of like let me choose this pain because well, it'll serve me down the road a little bit yeah so let's say let's say eating a leg kick which to the audience who doesn't know anything about striking is if i threw the lower end of my shin at the the muscle that's just above your knee right okay pretty soft big quad muscle if i kick that let's say out of 10 units of pain that's a six right okay now me kicking you gives me zero units of pain. Right. I can kick you all I want. doesn't really affect me. Now, if you go to check and right. you haven't developed your shins yet, you now have eight units of pain, but I also have eight units of pain. Right, right. So now it's, even though right. we're both in worse condition, I will probably throw it less often. Right. Interesting. I mean, that's a that's so fascinating to me because... Even you telling me that in a fight, I'm like, ah, I'm still not going to do that. I'd rather just eat the leg. And, <laughs> yeah, I'll say take the six tap. over and over and over again. I mean, I'll just tap before anything even <laughs> happens. But um, okay, so now you've, you've fought, no, did you fully retire from competitive fighting and then you go to an open mic. Now, are you terrified of the open mic or are you thinking like, all right, I've fought? And- no, in a different way where it's like, I'm not, a part of my brain's like, I don't really, uh, I'm not worried because none of these people can beat me up. 
Right. I can. F- if we lock the door right now, I'll fucking I'll mow the lawn through <laughs> right, all these right. motherfuckers. But that's not what this skill is. Right. So I still want to be funny. Um, I'm nervous because it. When you're a comedian, it's because you've had a life of making your friends laugh. I think most of the time, most often, you've been funny to your friends. Now you have to prove that to strangers, and that's quite a big ask. Of course. And you don't know how to be funny all by yourself. Right. That's a very weird thing to do. Yeah. And uh, I was definitely, I've, I've been nervous so bad, like sweating, <laughs> just like anxious before open mics. And it's like, um, yeah, it was so hard. It's so, I mean, I still get anxious for shows. Right. Where it's like, I just want to, fuck, I, can this be a good one, please? Can I just not forget the fucking tag that I've been working on? You know, like things like that. Yeah, that's the worst is that you're like, oh, I fucking wasted that. But the nice thing about comedy, more so than fighting, I imagine, is that like you can try later that night or the next day. Yeah. I was never in a cage fight and went, man, let's, let's go up the street and fight somebody else. Right, right. Let me, oh, I think I can double up here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I want to go home. Yeah. But no one, but by the way, the people, those old tournaments, that movie Choke, they They'll are doubling up. They're yeah, fighting yeah, they multiple times in a night. Yeah. I mean, that's fucking goofy. kind of uh, agree that that's not the best thing for people, obviously. Yeah. It's, They'll do like, them occasionally. But it's the most you'll fight is twice in a night, I right. think, twice or three times in a night. Um, it's unfortunate because it's a very cool thing to see. Like the glory tournament, the kickboxing glory will still do a tournament. And it's like it's kind of cool to see how people uh, deal with exhaustion throughout the night. Right. And like getting cold again and getting how to get warmed up and fighting and getting cold and getting warmed up. It's a very cool thing to see how they problem solve that. But those fights are three minutes or, or three rounds, which is a little, a little bit easier, but it's still it's still a fight. Now. So do you miss the cage fighting or has comedy taken the place of that? The are only, they similar feelings in any way? There's similar feelings in the way that I get to perform and show off the things I've been working on. Right. And that feels nice. And that's, uh, again, that those layers of attention that I've wanted as a child and those feelings of acceptance that I, I, I definitely have a yearning for. Um, I don't necessarily miss Kate like going into the cage. There's a layer of it that that like, oh, this is the best fighter I've ever been. I wonder how I would deal with someone who's around this level now. Like I looking back at so funny, I'm like, I was a bad fighter. Right, right. It's like comedy. Yeah. At the time you're like, oh, I'm very good. And then you look back and you're like, Jesus, I was fucking. I can't believe sucked. I went out there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I luckily get to like spar a lot of my friends and clients and like I get to spar some of the students at the gym who are pretty good. And it's like that scratches that competitive itch in me. Cause I still like, um, I still have like a, the dog in me that like needs to like, let's, let's go to war. Let's go. Let's, right. let's, let's fucking see who's going to finish. Let's see who's going to go past exhaustion. I find that very beautiful. I find it very, uh, rewarding to kind of go past where you're, where you're caught con- when you're, where you're, reasonable mind wants to go to right like going beyond that yeah i mean that's what the whole thing to me about doing it also is like let me find out that what's the thing i'm most afraid of and a thing that's like the most insane thing to do to me Mm -hmm. is is to go and and to do that to be Mm -hmm. fighting like standing against a person like all right we're not friends now we're gonna fight yeah is like my biggest fear and so it uh is positive to go do that like you said like it helps everything else i'm like maybe this won't be as scary as if if i've fought so you kind of have that for the rest of your life you're like i went into the cage and fought and getting on stage again if you don't have the fear of getting hurt as much like i do that's pretty fucking 
scary also yeah to go do that and put yourself out there that much which i forget because i just have been doing it so, so long for that you're sure. like, oh this is actually quite a brave for lack of a better this is most people's biggest fear right right it's, a it's most fear. people's biggest fear yeah so uh we're, we're, we're really doing it i mean yeah <laughs> <laughs> um it's exciting and it's also shows a lot of discipline and even wisdom for you to be able to not get pulled back into that like so many fighters and athletes do to be mm-hmm. like all right let me go one more right Fuck, i mean ali fought in 1980 yeah which is, it was not good not good uh, <laughs> well it's also the thing where like i didn't get to the point where i was getting paydays so i didn't have to i didn't have that yearning of like right. oh i gotta make another you know two grand whatever the fuck you know like i right. didn't care that, that was never a part of it for me so what do you get paid for like that Mo- nothing I mean. really most of my fights i was still so i never went pro i was still an amateur champion okay so the, all, everything was still uh just showing up just doing it right right um but it's like fighting is there's no fucking money in fighting. It's crazy. Right. Now, so all right, so I don't want to get too personal, but now does there feel like is there any kind of like childhood trauma or something that made you pursue two things that most people think something went wrong here mm-hmm. with comedy? People are like, yeah, all I, right, someone didn't hug you, something happened, and fighting probably even more so. They have uh, that. I, there, I definitely, I, I feel like people probably see me as like the biggest masochist they know. Yeah, I mean, like to me, I'm like something's going on. First of all, you seem again so wise and smart and like just like a. It feels like you come from like this beautiful place, <laughs> and that's why you're so fascinating to uh-huh. me. But some, I mean, I really think something must. And I don't want to make you Please, fucking no, talk no, no, about some okay, crazy okay. thing that happened, but like something must be up if you're like, I need to stand in front of a crowd mm-hmm. and get their approval, and I also need to fight another man mm-hmm. in a crowd, or is it just they both seemed interesting to you? Um, I think the only I mean, they're thing, obviously passionate. Yeah, I too. think the only thing was like growing up. I went, I we, I went to like five different schools in three years, and. Most of those were, I was grew up in South Florida. Those were all black schools. So I stood out quite a bit right. and was immediately like kind of like picked on quite a bit. So I, I guess like that's where my like uh, need of a sense of humor came out quite like aggressively. Right. But then I also got physically bullied where I hated the feeling of being a victim. Right. And it really resonated and stayed with me for a long time. So it's like, it's probably those two layers. Um, nothing too dramatic or too out of the ordinary for, for a kid in, in the United States. Right. Um, I think it's mostly about uh, wanting to like prove to myself that I have some value. Right. And if I can make people laugh in a room, that's great. That's a nice value. And then if also I can stop somebody from hurting me, that's cool too. Right, right. So I, I, it's, it's probably a combination of a lot right. of stuff. Well, my therapist always says you have value in just being you, just being yeah. yourself as an individual. So yeah. Don't don't hurt yourself, no. <laughs> but, but definitely uh, keep making people laugh and uh, doing comedy. Like, we, we can we can uh, wrap it up, I guess. Here, Sounds this good. is very exciting. I feel like that was a good talk. That was fantastic. That was so yeah. smooth. You didn't look at notes once. No, no notes. Oh, maybe I should look at notes because look, I yeah, might yeah, have look written, at notes. Make sure I might have written something no down, and then you'll leave, and I'll be like, oh fuck. Good point. Yeah, take a look. Um, hold <clears> on, folks. Do you have a name we... for this yet? I think I want to be call it. I want to be wise because I'm I'm seeking That's wisdom. Great. I read all these books, but then I thought about calling it. How come you haven't killed yourself yet? Okay. Not to be negative, like not like you should no, have killed you yourself, but like, like how, how come? How what what's going what's on? What's keeping you? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like how are we doing this? But what's it feels very uh, dark, and it might sure, be offensive. Sure, a little blue for the. Yeah, people might get upset. <laughs> uh, oh, here's a question: Is 
is anybody trainable? I mean, have you, has anyone ever walked in and you do a lesson? You're like, you can't, you shouldn't be here. And follow up question. Am I one of those people? Uh, no, you're very easy to train actually. Great. I would like if you stop thinking that way. Cause you're really easy to train. I appreciate that. Uh, B I've had children that are very difficult to train. I teach adults, but I also teach little kids. Right. I've had to, like one or two, five year olds where I'm like, you're not ready yet. Right. You just can't look at me and listen at the same time. Right. Um, adults. I've had two that have been with me for a while. And it's like, it takes a long time to get one thing across. Right. And I tried to take it personally and make myself, make myself feel like I'm a, a, a bad instructor. Um, but just some people have uh, a, a big distance between what their mind can accept as information and what their body can then do. Right. And I don't even mean like a fitness thing. It's just a, a, a extreme lack of coordination. Right, right. So could I get everyone in the cage? No. But could I make someone better than they were when they walked in? Sure. Could I get in the cage? Because if you gave me like five years, do you? do you think I could fight? 37. Yeah. It's a little late, right? A little late. We can get you. I mean, most <laughs> athletic commissions wouldn't accept it. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. There's like an age. There's like a... One of my students was like 42 and he wanted to fight and they wouldn't let him. But like, so say... um Whatever. So there was someone that was like, I, I want to fight. I'm a fighter. And I said, uh, Diego, I got, I almost called you Lewis because I had Lewis in my mind. Yeah, but he's yeah. such a psycho. But he's also my client. So I can't. Uh, can't no, I know. Wait, yeah, you have to train both of us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can't um, do that. So I'm like, all right, I got two years. I got to be able oh, to fight Jesus. somebody. Oh, Yeah, two years. Two years? I mean, how much time would it take before if, I could? If, let's, say, let's say another Lewis situation versus an LA comic. If there is an LA comic who did also didn't have much experience and they're like, hey, in 14 weeks, we're going to fight. Okay. I'll take that fight. Really? Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I appreciate that. Well, I, have to, I have to go every day. I'm, I'm going once a week here. So you have to go at least to... three times a week, two or three times a week. All right. That's not bad. Maybe I'll fight somebody. This is how, this is how it starts. This is how it starts, man. Uh, oh, God. My wife will kill me. <laughs> well, she's very turned on by the whole thing. Of course she, she is. It. What do you think I do so well? <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, she's like, oh, God, that's hot. And I, I do a bit about it on stage now. I'm like, I think you'd think it was less hot if you came to the gym and watched. It, w- <laughs> it wouldn't be nearly as uh, turn-on-y. Um, that might have been the only thing. Everything else I think we kind of got into. Awesome. Writing stuff down allows you to remember it in the conversation. That's why I keep telling you to take notes. Right. Because the action of writing them down cements the information in your brain. Right. I, mean, I do that with bits. Like right before, yeah, I'm like, write I'll write out. this down. I'm like, I'm not going to look at this, but writing it helps me... Uh, Remember and the keep shit. that and like visualize the set list and being able to see it like all oh, right, what was it? Ba, 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 ba. Right. That helps. Well, <clears throat> I feel great. This is a great first episode. I, think Again, you did I don't a really good know job. I don't know when it'll come out. I mean, you'll probably be, you know, uh fighting again by the time this comes out. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I hope it'll hit our hard times. But um yeah, I feel like it went if I it was good. I feel like I think it was you a did a great job interviewing. Time. I really me. learned. Was it an interview, conversation? Great conversation. I feel like I learned a lot and I feel like I keep learning a lot and that's what i'm going for with the show hell yeah and that's I, awesome i appreciate it you're a wise man hey oh, where can people uh see you and hear you oh um instagram and twitter is this diego lopez and i have a podcast with my best friend and roommate called a little time podcast which whenever you're ready you're more than welcome to come on i'm happy to come on uh, yeah uh, that's it yeah that's it all right. things. Great. Uh, yeah, check out Diego. And uh, we, talk, we talk so much about fighting because I'm so fascinated mm-hmm. by it. But uh, Diego's also a hilarious comic. So Thank go you. see him. Check out his Twitter, Instagram, all that shit. 
And uh, thanks for having me, Thank buddy. You. Oh, I teach at Williamsburg MMA. I should probably say that. Oh, yeah. Williamsburg you... MMA, if you're in Brooklyn. So what? Can people go and become... Yeah, just sign up members of the gym. Members. Mm-hmm. And what? normally it's like a group class, but you also do personal training. So with you, with the comics I teach, it's, it's, a, it's a one-on-one that I have in between classes or days I don't have classes. Right. And then most of the time, it's I just teach classes for people that are enrolled in the gym. Right. I got it. Gotcha. Well... I can't recommend it enough. I love the gym. Thank you so I much. I love the spot. Love having you. And uh, Diego's a brilliant oh, man so sweet. and a tremendous out. fighter. Yeah, we're going to suck each other off now. All right. Yeah, we're going to go fuck in my <laughs> wife's bed. She gets turned on by me fighting. <laughs> Imagine we fuck in the bedroom. Uh, all right. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for listening Bye. if you listened. Mindful Metal Jacket is hosted by comedian Joe List. Produced by Joe List. Edited by Matt Kleinschmidt. Executive producers Robert Kelly and Matt Kleinschmidt for the Laugh Button Podcasts.